0: Kelly Wirt here with Grace-Based Families. Today's episode is going to be part of a conversation about bringing grace into the workplace. In this series of episodes, we are going to talk to leaders and innovators in the marketplace, hear their stories, and learn how living out a gracious life at work has transformed the culture of their companies as well as improved their own experiences at work a place where many of us spend a huge percentage of our lives. Please share this episode with anyone in your life who could use some grace at work.
1: Hi, everyone. I'm Tim Kimmel, and I have my colleague and good friend Michael Tooker here. Normally, normally on the Grace Base Families podcast, you'd hear Karis Murray and Michelle Brooke coming in here and welcoming everybody, but we took, over the, we took over the studio because we have something special we're focusing in on, and we're really glad to, to, that they stepped aside for this brief period of time for these few segments for us to really see what it's like to talk about what God's grace looks like when we go to work. And I am here with Michael Tooker, who is also the co-author of our new book, Grace at Work, How to Get More from Your Job Than a Paycheck. Mm -hmm. And, uh, Michael, tell us a little bit about this uh, other friend that we've invited along the way. Well,
2: you and I, as we both know, Tim, are are really excited to have uh, Stephanie Fleece on with us today. We we had an opportunity to work with her at uh, Grace Base Families. And, you know, every now and then you you come across somebody that you just know is destined for something something big, something bold, something, uh, you know, really exciting. And uh, I, I have this expression that I use for certain people that just have that. That thing about them, and I, I call her a fireball. Uh, Stephanie is just a, a real fireball. She has such energy and such vision, and and such uh, just builds momentum and gathers people along the way. And so uh, maybe you can tell uh, tell the the audience, our listeners here, a little bit about specifically what she's done. Yes. But I'm just excited to have her on the on with us today.
1: Well, I remember when my wife Darcy interviewed her and she says, I think we found somebody that would really be a great part of the team. And I always left that uh, department up to her because she has great insight. And then when we met Stephanie and then I just started to work with her, those first few weeks I realized, I, you call her a fireball. One of the terms I think is common in the marketplace, I just saw this woman that had incredible um, relational bandwidth and a capacity. Uh, that that I knew, in a matter, it was just a matter of time where something bigger and and uh, more substantive was going to going to be right. uh, churning in her heart, and God was going to lead her to do some amazing things, and He certainly mm-hmm. did. She is the CEO now. She is now the CEO and founder of City Mom Collective. It it, it it's a it's a growing network um, that that that's launched from a, a blog that she started, the, the Scottsdale Moms Blog, back in 2009. And, and and now this thing is a huge undertaking that has cities all over the country. I'll let her tell you a little bit more about that. She she now lives with her wonderful husband, Alan, in Minneapolis area and oversees this national network by spearheading growth and strategies, sales initiatives, and shepherding and encouraging this Ever-increasing number of moms managing individual local parenting websites. And uh, boy, I'll tell you what, uh, her biggest claim to fame is every time I get that Christmas card and I see there are three wonderful girls and how they're, they're growing up and taking on life so well. Now, this girl knows how to uh, put on a great party, too, and connect to people at the heart level. She loves to cook, and we're glad to have her here. We wish that we could have just met her in a kitchen and done one of those things, but we can't. <laughs> Stephanie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for being here.
3: Well, thank you for having me, Tim and Michael. It's so good to be able to talk work and grace mm-hmm. and what that looks like in my life, but in yours too.
1: Yes, well, you know tell us uh, with with this uh the city Mom's blog, kind of tell our company a little bit about the role you play and 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 kind of what it's all about.
3: yeah. Yeah. So City Mom Collective is a network of hyper-local parenting resources. We have 75 communities that are represented in our network. And what that means is that we have hyper-local parenting websites that are owned and operated by moms in those areas that build not only a business, but they also build the community uh, and really support the parents in those cities. So (laughs) me, uh, I am the CEO and founder so I founded the business uh, 11 12 years ago uh, as you mentioned through our very first site Scottsdale mom's blog and we have just gradually continued to grow over the years and a lot of throwing things against the wall and hoping that mm-hmm. they stick too. yeah <laughs> what what
1: I what I think is so exciting about this too is here's these young moms that that, mm-hmm. that love their kids and they have a lot of responsibilities at home but they also have this desire to build something big to to engage with people and build a company. And they can build it in an area of of great passion because they're very concerned about what's going on in their kids' lives and in their role as moms.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I think one thing that Well, one of the many things that walking through the past two years of a pandemic has taught us is that Mm -hmm. so many people are looking for flexibility in their work life and especially moms. So we've Mm -hmm. got all of these entrepreneurial moms that love their kids, but they also are like, but I want to do more than just Mm -hmm. be at home. Not that just it's a huge calling to be a mom, Uh, but they want to use their giftings in other ways. And so uh, the opportunity to be a part of City Mom Mm Collective, to your point, does kind of meet that need that a lot of moms are looking for to be able to work around their kids' schedules, serve their family, serve their communities, but also make some money doing it. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: yeah. Well, it seems like in in the process of doing that, I mean, it was just taking your own experience, that own, you know, that that thought or that, that idea or hope that you had and wrestling with it and saying, hey, here's something that I could do to bless other moms and and uh, um, it, when you started in Scottsdale, it's, my my sense is you, you didn't have a sense that it would gather as much momentum as fast as it did, and you, you kind of created this rabid following, right of yeah. of uh, your blogs, and people said, hey, let's uh, let's start this in another city because it was such a felt need, and and you really mm-hmm. you, you created a business that really really kind of scratched that itch. There was something I wanted to to to, to ask you about earlier this year um, during Mom's History Month, you were you were featured in a, a City Moms Collective. Uh, piece about women making history. And, and there was a quote in there that I think really, it really resonated um, both with who you are, but also what, what Tim and I are trying to unpack with Grace at Work. And the quote was this, you said, while admittedly, I didn't expect that I'd be able to turn a hobby into a business at the beginning, um, the, the mom community quickly showed me otherwise. Moms have a way of doing that, taking a challenge and infusing it with courage, energy, and hope It's a beautiful and powerful thing. And in Grace at Work, Tim and I talk about these different character traits and actually courage is one of those. And we also talk about these inner needs for hope. And so I was wondering if you could just talk about what was the role that courage and hope played for you personally, but then also in in, uh, the City Moms Collective and these other moms that you've uh, brought on board.
3: Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I think starting a business anyone you're talking to, that it requires a level of courage and bravery mm-hmm. that yeah. uh, if you never went through that, you you wouldn't know. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, like I already talked about, I I am notorious for throwing things at the wall and just being yeah. like, I really hope it sticks, but that <laughs> yeah. is really courageous to a lot yeah. of people, mm-hmm. especially because so much of the business that I have built mm-hmm. is a public business. So when yeah. I'm throwing cool. stuff at the wall, there yeah. are millions of people that are seeing it. Oh, and yeah. Yeah, you yeah, don't well know. Display. like. Mm-hmm. Is this going to flop or not? But uh, mm-hmm. to your point, when we, when we started, we were much smaller than what mm-hmm. uh, we are today. Uh, I often get asked, like, if you would have known what this would become, would you mm-hmm. still have done it? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't It's a a hard question to answer, because honestly, I love my work. I feel Mm -hmm. so fortunate. Um, I think I read recently that what 65% of people are unsatisfied with their work. Mm. And so the fact that I am in this select group of people Mm -hmm. that actually (laughs) love their work is such a gift. Um, But it is a ride. Mm-hmm. It is a ride. I'm sure. <laughs> so, I'm sure. yeah. So, you know, you couple mm-hmm. this courage with this hope for, okay, I believe in my spirit that God mm-hmm. gave me this gift to do this and this passion to mm-hmm. do this, even mm-hmm. despite the hurdles that I was routinely going over sure. in the 10 mm-hmm. plus years of managing mm-hmm. the business. Uh, yeah. I feel like you always have to put your mm-hmm. eyes on the hope. Mm-hmm. Of Christ
1: yeah. in our, my mm-hmm. life right yeah Well, do you well, know, you, you do know you. that as I as I look at um, um, great success stories and then you get to uh, remember there, there was a thing on uh, MTV behind the music and you find mm-hmm. out the story on how the person got the, this big hit or whatever and then uh, and then you find us in the business community when you go back there I think the thing that stands out on people that do incredible things in business is that they don't quit mm-hmm. even though they were given excuse and reason after mm-hmm. reason to walk away from it this is the dumbest idea you ever came up with this will mm-hmm. never work mm-hmm. the, the, you, you don't know what you're doing you're you know all that stuff and then they just keep at it next thing you know they have this mm-hmm. incredible uh, uh company like you have and mm-hmm. people come along and they want to they, they they would love that they love where you are but they have no idea the, the the path you had to come through, mm-hmm. and and that's what I, I I think that's one of the the tenacity mm-hmm. and resilience that that is required I think when we mm-hmm. put our heart into something and make something great. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, yeah, I'd love to circle back too on something you said, Stephanie, about th- this idea of sixty five percent of people are unhappy with their their job and. And, and you, you've actually, the, be- the beautiful thing about it is you had an opportunity to create the company, create the culture, and you've created a culture that you actually like to be in, right? Maybe talk about how would you describe that culture and, and what um, what extent would you say that your, your understanding of God's grace and, and what that's meant to you and how you kind of live that out in your culture, maybe how that's helped shape it into a culture that you and others enjoy being part of?
3: Yeah, well... Uh, for my work, I not only oversee all of our sister site owners so that, so that's over a hundred entrepreneur women uh, that I am really leading with the foremost of, you know, Grace being the main thing that I'm leading with. Uh, But I also have the privilege of working alongside of 20 national team members that live across the country. Uh, And so I've got this more intimate group that I lead, but then a much larger scale. And so it does look different uh, to some extent of like practically how I lead both of those. But you know, I will say that my time working uh, with Grace-Based Families was instrumental in me really understanding what right. is grace. Uh, how does grace look in my home as a mom? Mm-hmm. But right. then what does grace look like as I lead other moms? <laughs> and, you know, admittedly, I love to please people. I love people Mm -hmm. to be happy. I don't really like hard conversations. But as a CEO of a very quickly Mm -hmm. growing company, I realized that the license end Mm -hmm. of where some people think grace uh, Mm -hmm. lands uh, is not going to lead my team well. And so this perfect combination Mm -hmm. of truth and grace, it just Mm -hmm. all is paramount to yeah. how I lead our team yeah. and only with God's grace am I able to do that because mm-hmm. left to my own devices, I would be all over the place. One day I'd be like heavy hitter, you know, like this is your job description. You got it. <laughs> And what and one day I'd be like, oh, you didn't show up. It's okay. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. it's tricky.
0: Grace-based families were all about helping people bring God's grace to the forefront of all areas of their lives. And this includes our lives at work. Whether you work from home, work in an office, or are running your own business, how we treat the people we work with can define the culture around us and make or break how we experience our lives at work. Our ministry is excited to be launching a great new resource called Grace at Work, a book by Tim Kimmel and Michael Tucker. Find out more about the book at GraceatWorkbook.com. Now back to the Grace Based Families podcast.
1: But you know, relationship is is the uh, sets the temperature in any kind of um, uh, thing that we're trying to do. Mm-hmm. And even even you know when you see the esprit de corps they talk about in the military these are people that have to go out and do very dangerous things, but they realize that somewhere along the line we have to have a commitment to each other mm-hmm. We're, Our lives depend on each other well virtually mm-hmm. you know what you guys are doing or what we do for a living we don 't have to necessarily risk our life but mm-hmm. but boy, that dynamic that we bring, how we care, mm-hmm. makes mm-hmm. all the difference in the world but I think reality says that. That uh, in in the standard marketplace setup, there's a lot of people there that are, um, they don't necessarily care about me or you, mm-hmm. and uh, or there might be uh you know there's supervisors that are hard to work for and, and uh, there's there's uh, coworkers that are hard to work with. And it'd be easy as followers of Jesus to compartmentalize our life and say, "Okay, I want to be gracious at church. I want to be gracious in my family and my friends. But work? Well, that's just kind of—it's kind of a neutral. I'm just—it's—it's—it's it's, mm-hmm. it's dog, dog. It's uh, you know, every man, man and woman for themselves. But that's not what we were called mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. And and so God calls us to something bigger. What would what would you say are some of the biggest challenges you've found? In your role and overseeing this company and and how grace maybe came to your rescue,
3: hmm. that is a really wonderful question <laughs>
1: well if, I, if you don't if you don't want to pursue it, you don't have to
3: yeah, no, no, it's fine. I'm trying to think of some of the biggest challenges that I've had in terms of that, but you know i I would say that. Relationally speaking, a unique part of my company is that we all work virtually. (laughs) And I do feel like we are made to have face-to-face community connections with one another. And that's where being in an office space certainly lends itself e- mm-hmm. easier to mm-hmm. for company relationality and people to feel a part of each other's lives. And so, mm-hmm. I mean, I have had to get very creative on mm-hmm. how I can connect yeah. a virtual mm-hmm. team and mm-hmm. make them feel really seen. And yeah. that takes... I mean, a ridiculous amount of praying, mm-hmm. of Googling ideas of like, what can I do this month that'll make people feel seen? Yeah. Uh, yeah. But one of my past employees said something that I has stuck with me for the longest time. She had said, any time that we are tempted to think, what is she thinking? Exclamation no. point. <laughs> All you have to do no. is change the punctuation to a question mm-hmm. mark. Yeah. what was she thinking yeah. <laughs> and yeah, right. it immediately softens your spirit to think right. uh, all of us all of our employees all of our contractors the people mm. that we interact with are carrying their own loads and yeah. so right. um mm-hmm. when i think i gather when you see your coworkers more frequently mm-hmm. you may see the needs yeah. more and hear of kind of what's going on in their lives more so than mm-hmm. I am able to do on a virtual mm-hmm. level, but we have to, you know, to be a good leader, I mm-hmm. have to be very intentional about getting yeah. that information from my employees.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: So that would be well, one of my it, biggest hurdles.
2: Yeah, it's and it's tough, you know, I think in, in any business, right, there's always uh, the risk that there's kind of, as I describe it, kind of a veil between the leaders and the led, where, where for some reason, right, um, people in organizations um, feel um, threatened by their leader or they feel as if they can't be honest or ask questions. We talk about being vulnerable and candid with their leader. And and it sounds like you've, when you talked about changing that uh, exclamation point to a question mark, you've effectively opened the door to your team to say, look, if don't be mad, don't be frustrated, don't feel like I'm unapproachable, just come and ask me and I'll tell you. Right. Um, but I think that that's a powerful part of grace is just that freedom to be vulnerable and candid with each other. Um, and it, it sounds like you've done a nice, uh, nice job of, of that. And in the process, my guess would be, right, your people feel loved by you, cared for by you, uh, which is kind of a unique thing in the workplace, right, is to, to feel as if their leader actually cares for them.
1: Um, yeah, but and can can I say something about you know the dynamics? We've been used to working in an office situation. Most people, you know, where we're in physical proximity to each other, and then you're you're almost entirely virtual. And a lot of a lot of people are developing companies that way. But uh, and 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 I think you're right that that being in close. Uh, physical proximity to somebody mm-hmm. lends itself quite a bit to mm-hmm. maybe understanding where they're coming from and all this but it also lends itself mm-hmm. to to sometimes bringing the worst out on each mm-hmm. other yeah. you know because some something things uh uh some people come in with mercurial attitudes and and you just feel like you're walking around uh a, a powder keg and just hope mm-hmm. somebody doesn't uh, light the fuse on this thing; it's going to go off. Well, there's a lot of companies out there and a lot of people working in those kind of situations. Mm-hmm. And then I would think too that even though you're virtually walking, working with these these young moms as they build their company, they're they might be in a powder cake situation in their marriage or with their extended family or with their. So all along, though, in the middle of it all, God calls us. He gives us an opportunity to bring a a a a way of stabilizing mm-hmm. these 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 uh very uh uncomfortable situations mm-hmm. and 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 mitigating a lot of the stress in them by how the attitude we come in with and the way we look at everybody we work with even the people that uh uh are hardest to work with um overbearing issues You know, because grace gives people the freedom to be different. It gives them the freedom to be vulnerable. It gives them the freedom to be candid. And it gives them the freedom to be imperfect. And when we come with that attitude, it's amazing Mm -hmm. how much we can change the whole atmosphere Mm -hmm. of the work we're in.
3: Yeah, no, for sure. And, you know, I would say that one of the other things that I really feel just in, like, God made me to do a few things. And one of the things that I love to do is to celebrate in our team as well Mm -hmm. and so we frequently have uh i have a channel called did you see on slack that Mm -hmm. i am like let's see what Mm -hmm. we're doing Mm -hmm. and then we also have a kudos slack channel that Mm -hmm. says like let's call out each other's work internally Mm -hmm. but then let's also see the work that our clients are doing Mm -hmm. that's amazing because Sometimes the work is a drag. I mean, no work goes without any challenges. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so, you know, calling all of our community up to this, like, let's see each other and let's also stop to celebrate Mm -hmm. that is a huge part of the culture that I've uh, been a part of creating because there's a lot of people that have Mm -hmm. have helped me along the way.
2: Yeah, no, that's great. It's interesting. The Harvard Business Review just ran an, an article that talked about how cultures that um, focus on celebration have the highest levels of employee engagement. Hmm. So, so maybe talk about in this. We're in this era, right, of the Great Resignation um, and this this notion of um, you know, kind of quiet quitting uh, at work. Talk about your people and their the the. What does your uh, employee retention look like, and and what are you? What, how would you describe your level of employee engagement?
3: Yeah. Well. I think because we offer this significant benefit of flexibility to my employees mm-hmm. and contractors yeah. in when they work, what their work looks like, with an yeah. expectation that they still mm-hmm. complete their work. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. I think people are, I know people are way more satisfied in the work that mm-hmm. they do. Mm-hmm. I have one contractor that just told me today she has multiple um, businesses that she helps yeah. in the work that she does. Mm-hmm. She was like in the end of the day, the end of the day, my work with City Mom Collective mm-hmm. is truly the only work that gives Gives me joy. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I loved hearing that because. It is not easy to lead a company uh, of women. I love women, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. it is a little bit tricky. And then Mm -hmm. you also add into the the complexity Mm -hmm. of virtual. So we're primarily talking Mm -hmm. to each other Mm -hmm. through written communication. Mm -hmm. That's tricky too, because people Mm -hmm. read through between the lines. Uh, Mm -hmm. So we're having to be really intentional about Mm -hmm. how many times can we gather our team so we Mm -hmm. see each other, so we know what's going on. So Mm -hmm. simple things like I have a weekly what I call our water cooler chat so Mm. I'm like hey Mm -hmm. there's no water cooler in our office here so here's the question of the week that I would ask you if we were at the water cooler together Um, and trying to get people Mm -hmm. you know connected because I do want people to feel like we are a community and this is like a family there's you know their second family
2: yeah but like you said it takes intentionality so so maybe one final question is just if you could offer advice to yourself five years ago in your work
1: life what would it be let's let's go back 10 years because that's how long it's been huh a little bit over it's 10 years
3: over 10 let's years.
1: put 10 on that michael okay. yeah because knowing <laughs> knowing what you've learned now if you could yeah. go back then
3: yes uh well to our earlier point in this uh podcast i would say don't give up Like Mm -hmm. it is going to be hard. And -hmm. there are gonna be times that you're like, it is time for me to throw in the towel because Mm -hmm. this is too much for me. Uh, But rely on the vision and passion that Mm -hmm. God has given you to build this business. Lean on that in Mm times of difficulty, but expect Mm -hmm. that it's gonna come. I think the first time that I got thrown a curveball, I was shocked. I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, I thought, you know, like if I was leading with God's vision and passion, right. it would be all perfect, yeah. and that's mm-hmm. just not the case. Building mm-hmm. a business is very hard, uh, and it does take a tenacity yes. unlike mm-hmm. anything
1: else. Yeah. Well, you know, one of the things we talk about in in the book is kind of what you're referring to. It's like when you're climbing a mountain, and it's so hard and hard and hard. And and, and as you keep looking up to the top where you want to be, it's so easy to just want to give up. Mm-hmm. But every once in a while, you got to turn around and look down and see how far you've climbed. Yeah, And and when people are uh, uh, sitting back looking and say, it's amazing how far you've come, and that's why we just gotta keep going and keep going and keep going mm-hmm. after it. Well, our guest mm-hmm. has been Stephanie Fleece, and she's the CEO and founder of City moms, moms Collective, and I'm sure if there's some moms out there listening, saying, I would love to know more about maybe, mm-hmm. you know, my town doesn't have one of those, maybe that'd be a good place for me to start. How can they get a hold of you?
3: Yeah. So if you are in a city that doesn't have a current City Mom Collective site, I would welcome a conversation with you. I actually am the first point of contact that you would have. If you are interested, you can go to join.momcollective.com to see a little bit more about what joining City Mom Collective and starting a business will look like for you. But if you are in a city that we currently have a sister site in, please jump into that community, follow them on social media, sign up for their newsletters attend one of their events uh, especially if you're looking for a mom community yourself it is a really incredible resource uh, to get you connected
2: hey stephanie thanks so much for being with us today it's been a, a real pleasure just to catch up with you and reconnect and, and hear about the great things uh, happening with the city moms collective so uh, just thanks again and, and for our listeners out there uh, we love you uh, we uh, really appreciate that uh, you tune in to grace based families podcast uh, and that uh, hopefully the, the messages that, uh, that we share with you are a real blessing to you and your family. Uh, we know that you may have some questions about some of the things that we uh, talked about today. You may also just need some prayer uh, and just know that we're committed to uh, to, to praying for you and to, to journeying with you. And so if you'd like to connect further, uh, please just drop us a note or a prayer request to family at gracebasefamilies.com. And as we sign off today, I just want to, again, thank uh, thank Stephanie Fleece for being with us. And uh, also Tim Kimmel, as always, uh, thank you for your leadership, uh, Grace-Based Families. And uh, 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 Michael Tooker here, just signing off and saying thank you and bless you.
0: Thank you for listening to the Grace-Based Families podcast. This is part of Grace-Based Families ministry. For more resources, check us out on gracebasefamilies.com slash podcast, or stream us on all major podcasting
1: platforms.
0: Once again, this is Karis and Michelle. Until next time.